Hello, uh, I say, I'm a random British explorer, and you're listening to the Map Report, a wonderful resource for all sorts of explorers from Great Britain and the Isles. What? Whatever do you mean you're not an explorer? This is outrageous! How dare you listen! Left my home back in Omaha See if I could make it out in the world And I got as far as Wichita Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out for Alright, in that case, <laughs> welcome to Pepper Report number 94, October 26, 2007. Welcome, greetings, hello. We are all here this week. Clea is back from her triumphant show um, and uh, is rather tired because we're recording this late. And the reason we're recording this late, and we want to say thanks to everyone for listening to us, of course, the reason we're recording to this late is because Russ got home late. And why did Russ get home late, you may ask? Because of the following announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, well, you guys. Russell Gooberman got home late too. The new man. Shut up! I'm in. I'm, 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 in the, I'm in the zone. Shut up. You're late. Russell Gooberman. All right. All right. Uh, the gets home. Right. right. Um, I because he am am as was of this day October 25th, Anno Domine 2007. Yes. The new segment producer for Boing Boing TV. Woo! <laughs> yeah. You like it, Matt. That's fans. right. You That's like right. it. Russ has found a new venue. I don't know why venue. I'm taunting you. You are my friend, <laughs> but suck it. Yeah. You like it, fans. Who's you your like friend? It. Me. Oh, baby. I'm your friend. So how about that? Yeah. So congratulations, you man. Ugly. You are you, you are the new segment your mama editor. Said you ugly. You G L Y. You ain't got no alibi. You ugly. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know Russ, why. I that Russ is. gets a new Russ gets a new job. Let's hope that you don't ever get anything like prison in the United States. You're just gonna be like, suck it. You're gonna be dropping elbows on people's heads like from that point forward. In America, you're screwed now. I'm in charge. Crazy shit is gonna happen. I'm not gonna tell you when. Yep. Yeah. So Russ is now segment editor on boingboing.net, uh, and hopefully is gonna get us a producer. um I'm a, a show. producer, goddammit. Like in that theater piece, the producers, I'm yeah, one the producers. of those. I'm a producer. <laughs> so I've yeah. already talked to Russ Clea about that he's gonna be producing us a show with our own live studio audience within a couple months, he said. Give okay. him a month is what he told us, so that, okay. that was cool. I need time, people. Um, so <laughs> I mean I only got this job yesterday. Yeah, but you've got the job in two days. By, you like sent an email two days right, later. I you're like no the president of the company. It. To be totally fair, I don't know what the hell's going on. I sent an email to the one of the founders of Boing Boing. I was like, "You guys are cool. You should hire me." And they're like, "Brilliant. We will hire you. You're cool." And I'm like, <laughs> "What? Okay." 
And then uh, maybe you should tell people good. what boingboing.net is actually, since I really didn't know either before you. Boingboing.net is a very popular blog. Apparently, this thing has existed since the 90s, since 1989. It was founded in 1989. Isn't that when you got your e-zone. AOL email address? <laughs> yeah, sometime around then. When I, when we I was treasure you, boingboing. There was we a little-known e-zine called boingboing.net and it was uh, just a sort of a message board I guess and it slowly morphed into a blog which slowly morphed into a collection of cool things on the internet sort of geeky central type things techy things and that uh, became very popular they later featured our Vonnegut video that you guys are familiar with the day that Kurt Vonnegut died they helped popularize that and now they have a TV network as of very recently, like a month, six weeks maybe. And uh, I'm going wow. to be producing some of the episodes for them. Awesome. So great. congratulations. I'm That's sorry. great. And uh, you're no Thank longer you. going to be hawking uh, jobs. Uh, I mean, hawking, uh, you know, financial newsletters. Hawking jo- Who wants a job? Anyone want a job? I'll give you a job. <laughs> Clean my feet. Two jobs. <laughs> jobs, all day long. jobs for all my men. Oh, God. So congratulations, Russ. That's great. That's great. And as a big shot studio producer <laughs> now, you. I imagine you're going to have to start getting the attitude to go along with it. Like, you're going to have to start treating women like dirt and start, uh, you know, tossing people you know aside who get in your way. Honestly, I think that me shaving my head, which we spoke about <laughs> last week, the combination of shaving my head and have, like, bulked up, you know, since a couple of years ago as I've gotten healthier, I think that really contributed to the, like, me walking in and being, they're like, oh, this guy's clearly capable. Look at him. He looks healthy. and Or he's dangerous, so you better give him a job. I think we should make him a producer. (laughs) Well, (laughs) sure. We're in deep trouble. (laughs) See, if I had shaggy, weird hair and a bald spot, they'd be poorly shorn, sir. Poorly shorn. You should shear more. What what experience do you have for this job? Well, I was a Green Beret once. (laughs) You know, you should have done that. That would have been just about as effective. What's with the heavy breathing, though? Wouldn't Green Berets be in great shape and never ever breathe heavy no you've seen the abyss making, where that guy loses his mind breathe heavy yeah well they're no. afraid oh, it, it, oh, it doesn't oh, make I'm sense don't insane, try to understand it yes no i get it. Exactly. it it makes perfect sense yes um so no, wow honestly, like i think because i have the look of somebody because here's part of the thing i didn't talk about this when we talked about the shaving head thing a couple weeks ago there's definitely a power trip about shaving your head it's definitely part of it is like you know what I can cut off all my hair, and I just don't give a shit what other people think of me. And this is part of why some people like it and some people don't. Some people, I think, don't just like it specifically for the way it looks, but the way that it's like, you know what? I don't have hair back here, and now I don't have hair anywhere. So fuck you, hair-loving people, because I've gotten rid of all mine, because it just doesn't work for me. It's that, like, weird kind of ownership over something. It's very over the lack like of the hair. fags calling themselves fags discussion that we had last week. Right. Right. So in this case, it's the shaving head people calling themselves shaved heads or something equivalent yeah. to that. Yeah. So unfortunately now I'm probably going to have to buy like a legitimate cell phone. I don't see any way of avoiding that anymore. <laughs> this is really freaking me out. Like, Good. I'm going to be on location doing shit. Like how, and people are going to call me. I'll be like, I only have seven units left. Stop calling me. I'm going to run out of units. <laughs> I can't do that. Look, I'll send you <laughs> smoke signals. If I do that. I'll send you smoke Unit? signals. Just look over the thing. Is, is there a pay phone? Yeah, I have a prepaid phone. So I basically uh-huh. buy minutes. But they're not minutes. They're units. Because if Russ I call has the Walmart two phone. seconds, it uses up a unit, which is yeah. like a minute. Except a minute equals two seconds sometimes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's true. Russ is one of those people who like picks up his cell phone when he's over on this side of the coast and he's just like, what about directions? Okay, goodbye. And you're like, what? He like, yeah, exactly. You just have to get spurts. Like, Where do you like, go? I'm, I'm, I'll okay. figure it out. God damn it. <laughs> units are no good. No units. Stop talking. <laughs> 
Thought direction. Come on. Got it. So he's the one from the family, that commercial where the family's ever, like speed talkers. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, exactly. do you know how angry I was at that? Because the guy that they picked, that they cast for that commercial, was not like a policy debater who could actually speak fast. It was like a southern cattle rancher who doesn't actually speak fast, okay? <laughs> I'm going to read a random webpage. I'm going to read the New York Times in two ways. One is the way that the stupid guy who's the cattle wrangler does it, and the way that an actual fast person who wanted to save time on their phone would do it. So wait, the one guy is a cattle rancher, and one guy is the boy. It's boing not boing a cattle rancher. Way. It's an auctioneer. He's doing it He's like an auctioneer. auctioneer. Yeah, yeah, not He's a cattle an auctioneer. Rancher. He's That's a right. cattle rancher. <laughs> He's an auctioneer. Like what? Exactly. The other guy's like the micro machines guy, who's the legitimate fast talker. Oh yeah. The auctioneer's like they shocks, bro. They get slugging game one, and they get slugging game one, and they prove they can win a tie. Well pitched, well pitched one, and game two, and game two. Can I hear a game three? Showing wasn't a dumb. You know, he like repeats shit over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah, like right. he just says things in a rhythm. Yeah. He's not efficient. He's not right. saying things faster. He right. just sings it and repeats shit, and is the other guy would just do it fast. He'd be like, "It's like really good looking game one. They proved they could win a tag. Well, but you won a game two. Shilling wasn't dominant. The back of the Shilling is successful because you made pop one time the door. Jimmy is getting the bronze. He's been taking no respect around all of her. You know, like really like fast. Yes. Like fast, man. Yes. Sorry, nobody's ever heard me do that on the MEP report before. No, that I, that was very uh, that was very impressive. That was very impressive. Yeah, I have no idea but what you said what though. Right. Yeah, that's how fast it is, baby. You got to be trained to hear it. It's oh, like right. a dog whistle. Okay. What I love about that is that I love about that is that that's still called a legitimate form of debate. That's one of my favorite things ever. I love that. It's it's like the form of debate. This thing has existed for longer than any other type of debate has. If you, you were know, asked, within like schools, right, I'm right. Sure, parliamentary debate actually existed in British Parliament. In yes, I don't think anybody was like, Mr. Prime Minister, but I don't think they were doing that. We'll write out a little friend of We have an argument today with the people of the house on this side of the house of this August house. Please stand up. Here, 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 here. Stand up, and all of a sudden it's between that and Eminem. This side of the house, please stand up. Please stand up. <laughs> all of a sudden, people are like randomly standing up for no reason. Oh my God, that's funny. Put your hands in the air. What you're saying is reminding me, like, the, the weird-sounding thing of it is reminding me of, of intonation. Clea and I went to, uh, I guess it was last week, we went to this um, trapeze show uh, in, this, uh, in this place in Brooklyn, which is basically like a trapeze academy. And, well, we have a friend of ours who's uh -huh. in it. So we went to see that, and there are people that all this trapeze stuff, and it was cool. I mean, to be honest, we've seen Cirque du Soleil several times, so it's like Cirque du Soleil people are better <laughs> and more impressive. And I love Cirque du Soleil, but it was just one of those things where I was like, all right, this stuff's okay. There were some good good acts, but whatever, it was fine. It was fun. They One of the acts they were doing to the Alanis Morissette song, Uninvited. Now, this is a song which I don't even think showed up in an album. It was a single, and then it was on the City of Angels soundtrack. Right, Clea? Was the soundtrack it was? Yeah. But the thing about it is this song pretty much summarizes what made Alanis Morissette. Now, she's a very good singer. I love the emotion with which she sings her songs. But the intonation cracks me up because the song is i'll just give you one verse i'll just speak it okay the, the, the line is must be strangely heartening to watch the stoic squirm okay this is how she pronounces that sentence must be strangely heartening to watch the stoic squirm okay must be mm -hmm. then the, the other one is um uh, oh yeah, the, but this is not allowed. You're uninvited, an unfortunate sight. Okay, you're not allowed. You're uninvited, an unfortunate. 
that slice like it's like listening to a speak and spell do the actual song and i didn't realize i liked that song but i hadn't heard it in a long time and i was listening i'm like great song but where the hell did she come up with this intonation and if you ever watch her live it's like she herself is out of sync with her own intonation because clearly her body is like through hundreds of years, thousands of years we have developed a way to speak this word and it's not unfortunate but you are making me do it and so my body will writhe in strange ways as i attempt to pronounce the word in this way like it's ridiculous man and that's just you know in by ted exactly anyone would be I, I am, am flat turd. That's another one. Yeah, that's another one. I am flat turd. Fascination yeah, exactly. with me, like any hot-blooded woman. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. You know, and apparently I just you know found out that does that does that because she doesn't want to be unoriginal. She's desperate to not be lumped in with every other solo female lyricist. And even though she's a halfway decent writer, that's just not enough. And so she chose not the enough. child, the childhood toy so to speak has and spell. To be a weirdo. Yeah, I mean her it's second album. The, I mean, I, weirdo thing. it's tough to come after such a popular first album, but her second album was a little bit difficult to swallow because so many of the songs did have such strange intonation that it was really obvious and difficult to kind of focus on just like the quality of the song and not just pay attention to this odd way that she was singing the songs yeah and like you know some of the lyrics like it's okay if you've got strange lyrics like i understand that'll happen but when you combine the weird lyrics with the intonation it makes no sense like that i found out that apparently this uninvited song is about a fan that she that was writing her all these letters basically sort of stalking her and that's what she wrote the song about but you know, so, okay, it must be strangely heartening to watch the stoic squirm. Okay, I can maybe see that. But explain to me the part where she says, must be um, somewhat something, I don't remember the other part, to watch my to watch the shepherd burn shepherd. What? Shepherd burn shepherd? She's like, you know what would be good? You know, this is exact. it's like saying, this is exactly what it's, what I'm feeling right now is a shepherd burning a shepherd. Like, I'll bet that is what she felt. And she's like, you know, the way to express myself is to say shepherd burning a shepherd. I don't but when I write lyrics, I don't think about shepherds burning shepherds. You know? Like, I don't think about, you no, know... It's just the watch the shepherds burn. It's not shepherds burn it's, no, shepherds. The, no, the lyrics... No, the official lyrics say shepherd burn shepherd. Yeah, I'll find it. The official lyrics. Greg's been obviously obsessed with this last week. This and... I know. Re- He's like, you know, I don't know why she's so weird. Let me go to my special domain. <laughs> no, I said I like the song. fan page where <laughs> I am champion poster with 17,895 posts. I'm sorry, not burn shepherd. Somebody to watch. said on Tuesday that in the song you ought to know that does she speak vehemently? And I said, no, it does she speak eloquently. She just pronounces it wrong in the unplugged version when she sang it on MTV Live. But when she's singing on the album, you can clearly discern if you play it in slow motion, if you have you have to buy the LP, which was never released. So you have to make your own LP. And then when you put it on the record player, in fairness, you play it slow with your finger on it, in, she said eloquently. In fairness, this came, uh, this this was about 10 minutes of research on my part. The way, what you're referring to now is the way I feel about Lord of the Rings. Now that, you, you're definitely right. That's pretty much the way I am. But uh, I'll ask for a No, but the lyrics, I'm sorry, it doesn't say burn. It says to watch shepherd meet shepherd. Right. So I was right. You're wrong. Well, uh, what does well, that have to do with shepherd burn shepherd? Well, I mean, the, yeah. but what does that mean to watch shepherd meet shepherd? Must be somewhat heartening to what watch shepherd mean? meet shepherd. Greg, it's song lyrics. Singers are <laughs> I by write lyrics, and my lyrics mean something. You know? Oh, did you hear what he just said? No, it's true. I write lyrics, crappy and my lyrics poets. mean something. No, no, no. Do you hear what he just okay, said? Look. 
You said lyricists are crappy poets. Uh, did you really just say that about Bob Dylan? Did you say that about the great Bob Dylan? No. Did you really? Did you really? I'm not saying it about the best. Did you say that about Leonard Cohen? Did you say that about Leonard Cohen? Did you? Did you? Oh my God! Stop using the soundboard. By and large, overall, the reason that people don't become poets, that they become pop stars, is because they, they're not no, that but good Russ, at writing. Not pop star lyrics. I'm talking about music. good songwriter lyrics. They don't cover it over with music. Okay, Bob Dylan and Paul Simon, excellent lyricists. And That's me, fine. bastard. <laughs> And you're you're very good. Alanis Morissette, like, very middling, and middling at best. There are going to be a lot of references that make no sense and a lot of trailing off and a lot yeah, of... The funny thing is, though, I mean, I really don't think that these lyrics are that odd. And, like, they, I, I, there's so many times... So when terrible. Greg's been talking about this this See, week, this he would say a line, and then I would explain the line. He's like, what about this line? And then I would explain... But look at this. All, even the people... I just looked at three <laughs> different sites. Every every one of these sites disagrees. It was to watch Shepherd Need Shepherd, to watch Shepherd Meet Shepherd. And this one says, to watch them burn me, Shepherd. Right. See, so nobody knows what the hell it is. Well, that's, that's the problem. Th- this is the right one. I told you it was not the... Well, it's still burn me, Shepherd. What does that mean? Must be somewhat hard... T- and that th- that's not it. Must be somewhat can hard imagine, telling. And this is and this is Alanis Morissette, right? This is like a person yes. who considers herself a lyricist. Can you imagine, like, death metal boards? Where <laughs> the song sounds like... And he's like... I want to eat a turkey sandwich with the devil. Oh, yeah. No, oh, no. yeah. <laughs> we should all sing along. That's a famous song. In that's... the devil. He's like. That's, that's by that's the Swedish band Damnation with a Side of Mayo. I love them. They're awesome. I want to no, eat the turkey sandwich with the devil. I want to eat the turkey sandwich with the devil. I have all done to the dun to the dun to the turkey sandwich. Dun to the dun to the whole tomato. Yeah. No, there's like, there, there's like, it's like doom metal. Have you ever heard doom metal? Doom metal's hilarious. Like, uh, Greg, our guitarist, sent us. <laughs> I like stuffing. I like stuffing. Yeah, like they have a. a, a my Greg, our guitarist, sent me this lyric. He sent this thing for this band called Opeth, O P E T H, and he's like, they're pretty cool. They're kind of melodic. Now, he, what he said was, they're kind of. They go from melodic to doom metal. I was like, what? And it's true. Like the opening parts, like. Do, 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 oh, one of my favorite like bands that. does this. Oh, yeah. So they're doing this thing. And you're like, da, 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 da. And you're all of a sudden, you're like, wait. So you basically just took the first clip of, you know, like John Denver. It would be like if John Denver occasionally morphed into the Incredible Hulk. So it's just like, you know, sunshine oh, on my so shoulders funny. makes me happy. Come back, come back, da, 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 makes me cry. Yeah. The only song that I tolerate of this death metal weird shit. Demons and Wizards has a song, it's called Excalibur. I think I've played it for you guys before. Yeah. Um basically like it starts out with like salt in the stone who will pick it up and then when they get to the 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 chorus of the song is like Excalibur sword of the kings it's awesome and then you rock out there's a band really called, um, oh god, called Threshold, Arthurian Legend, which is exactly, mm-hmm. which is on those lines. And I've actually played this video for Clea. And they don't get quite that hard, but they don't get, you know, quite that that sort of grunge sounding almost. But 
it's funny because if you play it, like I like the, the band, that song's a pretty good song. But the guy who's doing the lead singer, he just sounds like one of the guys who would be in this kind of band, if you know what I mean. Like I can't imagine what else he would be doing with his life if he wasn't singing with his band. And like you know, you're 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 listening to it, and it's like in constant combination, I find myself a liar. Like okay, listening, and then he's like, but then he gets the chorus part. He's like, like a pilot in the sky of dreams, Ew. and then he goes, da 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 da. It's hilarious, and I'm like, and even the name of it, like, I'm, you know, we need to call this one, boys, "Pilot in the Sky of Dreams." That's tremendous. What the hell does that mean? I don't know, but it's great. I mean, like, oh, that that reminds me of one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Of course it does. Everything reminds you of one of the worst movies you've ever seen in your life. Sky Captain. Oh yeah, and the something of tomorrow, the world of tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. That is the worst. That, you know what, it, we we made fun of it because it was so bad that we're like, you know, if you're going to sell this movie, you can't be calling it Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. You need to be calling it Pilot in the Future. Like, simplify it a little bit. <laughs> pilot mean, Sky of, Captain, really. Pilot of the Future. <laughs> pilot of the Future. Well, Sky Captain in the world of this thing that comes soon but isn't <laughs> quite the present day. Good. But you know what's going to be a problem? All of these movie titles and song titles... As we go on and as history progresses and we produce more of these things, it's going to be harder and harder like to find an album title like or even a movie title. Like I just heard on the way home from uh, school today that uh, apparently the Eagles are about to come out with a new studio album, and it's called their album is called The Long Road Out of Eden. Now, I guess that's okay, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling that we're starting to get to the point where it's going to be like, you take a right at the end of the road, go down a block, and then there's the woman that I love. Like, there's going to be a point where the album t- like is not capable of being reduced to anything reasonable. You know, that's like my I actually album. thought this when I was like 13. At 13, I'm like, how can they keep coming up with new movie titles? They've used all of the good movie titles. There's nothing left. Everything has to be something weird. And I think to a certain extent that's true. And, you know, things... I think the reason why sites are named things like Google and Boing Boing and just completely nonsensical names is because those are the shortest things that exist that aren't already taken. Like, massive, awesome, like, erection website has existed <laughs> since the first day that the Internet existed. <laughs> so, like, massive, awesome erection. Or, like, the best... The best website ever invented dot com was like the first registered name that anyone came up with. Right, right. Or like power amazing good good website dot com. Like they've all been taken, so now they have to be like, All right, how about Fishlamines dot com? <laughs> oh, it's not taken. All right, we're Fishlamines dot com. Yeah. Like this is the well, way and, and like, Fishlamines the movie will be coming out soon. When you get a good movie title happen. or when you get a good album title, it always kind of shocks you that it still exists. Like the the um, the new movie with Russell Crowe and Denzel Washington is called American Gangster. How is it 2007 and no mm-hmm. movie was ever produced that was called American Gangster? How is that possible? Like you would just because think that's just automatic. Every movie was called Gangster or, or American. American. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute. What about American <laughs> Gangster? <laughs> my or my favorite movie title, which I've talked about in the show before, which is Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Not even the greatest movie, just the greatest movie title ever. It's, I'm sorry, you just well, don't get better than that. That's a book title. It's technically a book. Title. I know it's a book title, but I'm just saying. I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. The title of a book, but the greatest, the greatest ever in that regard. But I mean, yeah, like you just, it just seems like we've run out of the possibility of good titles anymore, and. I don't know, just extending onto it. You're right, it's either going to be nonsensical words or these huge, ridiculous phrases is what it's going to be. I mean, that's kind a of man, a... That's kind of a issue. legend. In a world of architecture, this man built things. Coming November 8th, Buttress Trundle. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Flying Buttress. Did you say Buttress Trundle? <laughs> I can't even say that. <laughs> 
I would. Now that would be sweet. Say that you can't say that on on movie. You, we should to, totally. We should come up. We should name a, a rock band Flying Buttress. How good is that? That's awesome. It I has wonder if it's been always done. been a good name for a wrestling move. Should be a wrestling Flying move. Butters. First, Flying Buttress. That's why you like support your partner, <laughs> your tag team partner. You know, Bob, That's this took a thousand to years to develop this move. Really? <laughs> yes, yeah, comes from the Neo-Georgian period. <laughs> no, I think that's what's going to happen after they do the nonsense names. That'll exist for like 10 or 15 years. And then every Flugelmeyer and Schlablob movie and website will all be taken. So then the last frontier will be just insane amounts of profanity and obscenity. The next movie coming this summer. Fuck your mother, you <laughs> stupid piece of crap. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> um, rated G. <laughs> rated G. <laughs> it's amazing. Paradoxically, we've used up all the good words, and now only bad words are left. Um, so Clea just... I, I, we, have, we have to transition for a minute, because Clea just pulled up this page. She typed in Flying Buttress Band, and she comes up with a web page which has... A flying buttress ring. So I thought, I okay, this... you not, this is a ring that is a flying buttress. And so the thing is, you think maybe it's a ring based on the flying buttress design? No, it, it's a freaking ring. In fact, a flying buttress. With it's a buttress. It <laughs> has, like, a base. Who it's would, a wrestling ring. Who or would put this on their finger? It has... I, I, it looks like a trophy. It has, like, a flat bottom, and then it has two towers, this does not look comfortable at all. He says, despite initial appearances, I'm told by those who've worn this style ring that it's very comfortable to wear before I killed them. Like, what? I mean, like, I yeah. mean, Don't ever move your, your ring-bearing arm. <laughs> that arm must never move, or it will destroy you and everyone else. I mean, a path. flying buttress ring? You become like a weird superhero when you wear that ring, because every time... You like, have this urge to, to support your hand the cathedrals? You wear it on your right hand. Every time you move your hand, you have to be like, flying butt! <laughs> exactly. And somewhere in the world, a wall becomes Everything. really stable all of a sudden. Everyone's like, wow, I can't even yep. move this wall. This wall yeah. is like... There is a, there's a local Blind goth band. Man knew at a young age that he had the power to reinforce architectures, <laughs> which is also known as architecture and mixed with structures. But that's fine. Never mind that now. That'll work, though. Flying Buttress Boy simply calls out to the deity of architecture, Frank Lloyd Wright Einstein, and says... Flying buttress, <laughs> and he reinforces walls. I, I also see His on the journal given to him by the amazing ring of flying buttresses, no, which he found in a pawn shop or on eBay yeah. or both, and it's so well, there are lots of them. There's actually on the web there is a comic. It's under a thing called Dial L for Lame. And this kid had written this comic book called Flying Buttress. And there's this cartoon where this guy with, like, steel, like, dressed in steel gets out. Nice. He's like, you fools attack me for no reason. You dare delay my mission here. Well, now suffer the power of the Flying Buttress. There you go. <laughs> and there's a local goth band called the Flying Buttresses. I told you. So yes. It's been done. They're, well, okay, but the yeah, band members have names like Baron Arminius Von Hugenstein, so obviously they're designed to be awesome. weird. Yeah, flying butchers. Can we get them on the show? Let's work on that. Let's get them on the show. That'd be yeah. awesome. Well, is there any other like like architectural thing that we could use besides flying buttress? There's got to be other architectural stuff, right? Uh, sure. No, I'm like, what's an, arch what's an architectural thing? That's there a you go. name for a band. How about crenellations? Crenellation. 
Crenellations. Cookie sandwich. I like bread. Fresh butter, fresh butter, fresh butter, flying buttress. Yeah, um, that's pretty funny. But up, no iceberg lettuce. Flying buttress sucks. I think we should totally do this, and I think I that like we should that. somehow include John Denver in this, even though John Denver is no longer with us. But I still think we should include it in there. You know, well, I'm interested to see how you're gonna how you're gonna create a picture of John Denver turning into the Hulk. Make me shooty. <laughs> Crenellations on my tower. It's better than Help murder. Crenellations on my gilding. Make me pour boiling oil on your head. <laughs> no, not so That's much. Him. I uh, just as we were looking there, I found a list of the worst what song the titles ever, and they have here a collection of non-album tracks from the band Blasting Trout Overbite. Now that that is quality. Blasting Trout. Blasting Trout Overbite. Overbite. Yeah. That's the name of the band. It, it smells of Bachman Turner Overdrive, but they just but made far all worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Boring triad, okay? Like that's that's basically what it's all about. Onerous, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. In other, yeah. Some musicians are stupid. We've established this in several different ways. Now they have <laughs> bad names for their bands. They come up with random architectural structures and call themselves it. They can't write lyrics. They mispronounce words intentionally or not. Yeah. They suck. Yeah, that's true. Musicians, no question, they suck. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll sign the pledge on that. Yeah. Have contributed nothing to the world, really. I mean, come on. No. What have musicians ever given the world, like that people have found useful or enjoyable? Hey, Amen. I once had to debate like, against the case. I had once had to debate the case where I had to argue that having a bullet hit Ronald Reagan would have been, if the bullet had hit Ronald Reagan, it would have been better for the world than if it had hit John Lennon. And I had to argue that it would have been worse for John Lennon, to, for Ronald Reagan to have been hit. When of course I didn't think that. But I had to prove more or less the same thing. I was like, what do musicians do? If you look at Ronald Reagan, look at his impact. And I was like, Whoa! inwardly, oh, you know, as I was having to make that argument. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, seppuku. <laughs> That's time for mental seppuku. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> like, I kill myself. Oh, yeah. I'm I was saying. committing mental seppuku, like, you know, several, several times. Yeah. Yeah. It's... So this is the case like, okay, liberal debater, time for you to be right wing to win. Go. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, actually, right as a group. I'm trying to think here. You know, I've always argued that like a lot of social change has often been generated originally by musicians, but it seems like nowadays the last thing you want is any. Oh, 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 there we go. There it is. Go on mute. Go ahead. Yeah. What? Go ahead. I'm muting the ringing. Okay. Good. Good. Sorry. I thought I thought you said put you on mute. I'm like, wait, how is that going to work? Um, but like as far as the musicians are concerned. I always thought that music was kind of the function of social change, but nowadays it seems like you know getting an endorsement from a musician or an actor always makes you cringe. Like I saw this thing was like Ben Affleck's like I'm voting for Obama. Is there a single person who is going to vote for somebody because Ben Affleck did? Aren't more people going to vote against them? And it's the same thing with musicians. Like don't musicians endorsements 
just hurt now we've gone from them being agents of social change to being these sort of vaguely suspicious figures and or people that we make fun of like britney spears who's not really a musician anyway but you know like musicians have lost i think their little their uh you know their their cachet that they used to have as being social figures maybe no. bono still has it yeah but, no i, I think but a lot of musicians I, I don't you're confusing I musicians there's certain kinds of musicians but for the most part you're com- confusing musicians with like hollywood stars and for the most part they're different yeah, but how many musicians do you know who you would really be like, ah, you know, like that, that... Seven. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. I'm always like, Johnny Cash, ah, <laughs> Billy Joel, ah, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, eh, uh, Roger Waters, ah, <laughs> you know, uh... Alanis Marset, uh, oh. Yeah. Freddie Mercury, ah. <laughs> Freddie Mercury, <laughs> Oh, gosh. I don't know. I guess so. Is there a more... Okay, let's put it this way. What is the most non-political but clearly definable group that has an impact on the political process? Like, you know, musicians or... Dixie Chicks. No, no, I don't mean a particular band. I mean, like, I mean like a group of people, like, as in musicians being a group of people. What? Blue people. No. Oranges. What are you talking about? I'm talking about like, is it like sorry. nuns, okay. priests? I'm shooting out because an- he keeps quitting. I want to answer really fast to get the maximum points. Like, Bookshelves. What are I'm doing like my a movie feet? survey. What movie do you like? And, uh, yes. No. A. Seven, five. No. Six. Whatever's correct. Seven. No, but seriously. The cheese. I. What yes, group? No, I don't know. I mean, what group fits this description? With Steve. I is don't it, know. You keep changing what you're asking. What are you asking? I'm just asking. I mean, I. Shakespeare. I'm asking different Bang versions girl. of it. No, Ooh. no. Nine. No, I'm asking different versions of the same thing. Basically, I'm just trying to look into influence. Like, do people pay? attention to musicians do they pay attention to any outside group anymore when it comes to like endorsements Greg, and things when like did that? they really ever oh there used to be people who did okay like when? union endorsements were a big deal what? and you know newspaper endorsements were a big deal like union endorsements those are still the same thing i don't think oh. that what are you has talking much about i don't think I that has an impact no i don't think it has much of an impact anymore i yes, feel like it does it, uh, i don't know I feel like people get turned off now by it. I feel like you hear they get endorsed, and they're like, oh, of course they're going to endorse them because of yeah, this and that, you Rush know? Yeah, when Limbaugh endorses them, well, they're like, God, this sucks. Why do <laughs> yes, we even live? Yes. No, we Greg, the concept of endorsements isn't purely just a matter of, like, let's say a particular union endorses a candidate. It's not just so that people say, ooh, because I like that union. The concept is if they endorse them, then supposedly all the people in that union that vote are going to vote for that particular person. That's the, that's the purpose of those kinds of endorsements. Well, then, what about when they pick up these endorsements from individuals, like when Warren Buffett indiv- like endorses someone? Who the hell gives a damn about that? Like, when does that happen? That happens all um, the time. Every every election, money. Warren Buffett endorses somebody. Warren Buffett endorsed people like Harry Leslie. People who want money. Care. Okay. They're like, if Buffett does it, yes. I must do it. Is that the idea? Well, I think it implies that he's a pretty big mover and shaker, so his endorsement's going to give you you know, connections to powerful people or people who have the ability to fundraise and, you know, get you funds. And Everybody's endorsement yeah. means something different. If you get an endorsement of a musician, then you get made fun of for all of the lefty Hollywood idiots like liking your stuff, which is not the way it should be, but it's the way that our media works. Right. If you get the endorsement of, like, General Abizade, who's like God <laughs> exactly. among men, or not that. The new one, Peter Pe- no, Who the hell is Betraeus. the new general? Or Betraeus. Like you can't. Oh, Betraeus. Betraeus, Betraeus right. yeah. So, 
yeah. Petraeus. Petraeus. Oh, Petraeus endorses this, and he's God among men. He is Jesus only wanting to kill lots of people, but otherwise Jesus. And so that <laughs> that's, means a lot. That's a great terminology. Yeah, you know, that glorification. I just want to, can I say for a minute about the, I just want to go on a little bit of a tangent about the military thing and sort of express annoyance about this because this happened actually a few weeks ago, but it came up the other day when I was listening to sports radio, and it just annoys me every time I hear it. So Rutgers uh, played. Navy in a football game a few weeks ago, and Rutgers pretty much blew out Navy because you know Navy is Navy is fortunately not in the business of recruiting people for their football team, right? Like Navy's got other you know problems that they have to deal with, so they blew them out. Mm-hmm. And while they were there, apparently a bunch of drunken Rutgers fans started taunting Navy and like you know yelling at them and swearing at them and all this kind of stuff. Now. What this first proves is that, again, this is what happens when you allow alcohol at these games. But, you know, never mind that issue right now. Everyone, when this happened to, were just like, this is a disgusting display, blah, blah, blah. And the guy who called up the other day was basically like, I won't root for Rutgers ever since that happened. Here these people are going off to serve their country, and that's a disgusting display. And I'm like, okay, look. Did anybody hold a gun to the head of these people as they marched off to go involved in this war? Like, is anybody like, wait, you mean I have to go fight? Like, is anyone stunned anymore about what happens when you go into the military? Like, yes, I don't think that you should go out of your way to do bad things to them. Like, Clee and I actually have family members who, you know, served in, in the Navy near Iraq. But that's not even the point. The point is, like, why do we glorify? I mean, I know why we glorify the military to a degree, but now it's gotten to the so point where we can't your, even mock. Yeah, I don't we can't even mock their cadets. We, we can't, can't even, mock their cadets. Well, I mean, like, it's, it's a football ten, game. Okay. It's a football <laughs> freaking game. For God's sake. What? What's your point? The point is it's a football. The, the point is it's a point? football game. You should be able to do whatever you want. Why should you not okay, be allowed to mock point. them? You know, why should you not be allowed to mock them because okay, they're so navy? The, the point is we should be allowed to mock soldiers in a sports. Contest. Yes, like why are soldiers off point. limit? The what the point is why are soldiers off limits? Why can't you say anything bad about a soldier oh, or say anything negative about a soldier? Or, I mean, you know. Well, you know, I believe that nothing is off limits as far as either. No, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm asking why this has happened in society or for criticism. It can't be. How could Anything, anything, any convention of man, how could it be beyond reproach? What would that say about us that we have something that cannot stand to the light of criticism? Like anything, anything, whatever it is, whatever the one thing is that nobody can talk about, that's the one thing that we probably are ashamed of and that needs to be changed. Well, but I mean, right? yeah, no, absolutely. Because it can't stand up to criticism? So then that's the answer. Well, the, the answer is we can't criticize them because deep down people subconsciously know that everything is messed up, that you shouldn't be training people to murder people in other countries and call it heroism. And we have to be so uber patriotic to cover up for that that it turns into a mania. And you can't say anything bad about them because it would unravel the, you know, the social fail <laughs> protection. Yeah, I guess that, yeah, I guess that is what it is. Is. Because it's like I don't, you know, I wouldn't go out of my way to, you know, criticize or praise them. But I mean, if they get if they get grief from fans, well, I mean, well, did they say what they said? I mean, oh yeah, they, no, it's just like they were just basically swearing at them. Like I mean, but the thing is that it's not good for them to swear at any fans. But they were particularly put out because they were just like these are the same kids that are going to go out and fight. And what I love is the person actually said these are the same people who are going to go out and fight for the right of these people to, you know, shout these things. I'm like they're going to go out and fight for that right, but apparently they're not going to be able to allow you to use that right because to do that is wrong because you can't say anything about the military right. or you turn into a pumpkin apparently but like it just it just frustrated right. me that we're so we glorify the military so much in this country that we've gotten to the point that even their cadets at a freaking football game need to be treated as if they're you know conquering heroes i mean come on well i mean come on before before three or four years ago this was all we were good at was the military like we can't manufacture anything anymore <laughs> 
Our healthcare isn't better than first world Why'd countries. Why'd you say before three or four years ago? Than first world countries. Well, this is before we got stuck in a quagmire where it was made clear that even our great military prowess oh, is we're not, not going to bail either. us out of every situation. <laughs> I see. Right. So before that, it was like, well, screw that because we can kick your ass even though you have a better standard of living in any possible metric. I don't care. We, we can bomb the hell out of you. Okay. Okay, so fine. So maybe we could bomb the hell out of you, but we certainly can't occupy your country or build anything or make things, but we can beat the crap out of you. You know, it's just, it's, that's why. I see. They're sad. Yeah, yeah. We can't do much of anything anymore. So what have we got left in America? We've got football and the military, and you are disparaging both, sir. How dare you? (laughs) How dare you? Football and the military must stand. That's all we have. God bless John Madden. Yeah, I mean, it's... And Pat Summerall. You know, yeah, John Madden and Pat Summerall, the power of football. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just really, I don't know, it's really ridiculous. Well, this is just, I mean, this this example isn't as good as other ones. I mean, Greg just overall has this issue with glorification of the military, especially, you know, and a better example is when you talk about the concept of how focused they are about glorification of the military, but then they don't talk about all the people in Peace Corps or other volunteer efforts that they go out and they spend just as much time abroad and risk their life just as much. To risk life to heal people, not kill them. You know, I mean, I just, it just, to me, it's, it's so, you know, completely ass backwards. Like, I really wonder if there'd be as much wailing and gnashing of teeth over the death of Pat, uh, Pat Tillman, the guy who played for the Arizona Cardinals, if the guy had been killed while he was, mm-hmm. like, trying to build a well for, you know, poor people in Zimbabwe. Like, would there be as much gnashing of teeth about that if that happened, if he had actually turned down a lucrative NFL contract to go work in, uh, if, like, a gazelle you know, jumped out of the woods and kicked <laughs> him in the head and he fell over dead? <laughs> like, uh, there would not be that. Oh, of tragedy. No, everyone would be like, "What?" This is a friendly fire a incident. Shit. The gazelle was sent. That is unlucky, man. It's a, it's a hit. Oh god. You tackle 350-pound linemen, you can't get out of the way of a deer. It's a gazelle. Why are you talking? You're dead. Shut up. Suck. Oh boy. Good times, good times. Yeah, you're right. That would not have been as effective a symbol for people to rally around. Yeah, I just don't... Plus, like, God bless that man. God hates gazelles. Screw gazelles. They the problem is gazelles have them. it too easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I eat gazelle burgers. I don't eat hamburgers anymore. Exactly. I import them and kill them and eat their flesh. That's right. That's for Pat That's Tillman. for Pat. <laughs> the anti-gazelle. God bless you, Pat. <laughs> anti-gazelle sentiment. I also love the idea that Doing the gazelle God's would... work. Yeah. Because that's what the Peace Corps is, just wander around forests. And, and wait for gazelles to come out and, like, hit <laughs> you at a kung Yeah, that's like the Brooklyn Gazelle Dodgers, which was an old baseball team based on the Peace Corps efforts <laughs> yes, of, of the early 20th century. You imagine they're like, what is this thing about gazelles? Well, that's kind of a thing we never really took off the books, I'm afraid. You have to punt a couple of gazelles. That's part of the... Peace Corps. They just freak out, yeah. and their hooves are disproportionately hard, <laughs> and they hurt. And ninja-like, apparently. Oh my God. Yes. So uh, on a, on another tangent related to other ridiculous things, there's this article. Come on, you can make a segue off of gazelle hoof. I will. You know what it is? Try, I'll make. A, here's my segue. My segue is this. That's such a cool, okay. vivid image of a gazelle attacking Pat Tillman that I'm probably going to dream about that. And dreaming reminds me of sleep. Oh, and the man. reason I want to talk about sleep. We did a sleep episode like three No, no, no. I just ago. have a quick thing so I want to say about it. It was entitled The Sleep Episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we, we talked about sleep for like 
Yeah, that's right. It really and it was big. It was a big success. Of sleep. No, but here's yes, here's what I was going to say. Sequel. I saw this again okay. watching sports. Watch, uh, I was listening to sports radio, and I they have a, a simulcast of the Mike and the Mad Dog show, which we've talked about before, I think. And so we, I was watching it on the Yes Network, and there's this commercial, and it starts out. And it's one of those sort of low budget, low rent commercials, and they're they're like, you know, trying to get a good night's sleep but can't do it. You see this guy is like. <sighs> you know snoring and his wife's like oh just trying to push him over uh and just like you know and can't do it well don't let that bad sleep you know build up in your system it's time that you get the sleep the rest that you deserve now introducing the snore blocker and they show this picture on the on the tv which looks like it the way it looked like i couldn't tell the dimensions like it looked as if it might have been like an up close version of something which maybe like i don't know went under your nostrils or went went around someplace or something no it turns out it's actually big enough and it actually goes around your back and there's a huge bump that gets strapped onto the back of your back like basically you're putting on like a like a wedge pillow onto your back right and so do you know what this is greg what this is somebody somebody knew they already knew what the best aid for snoring was in the history of civilized man which is you sew a tennis ball into the back of your boxer shorts this has been around for years. You do this because then you can't sleep on your back. And somebody said, that's too easy and simple and cheap. Perhaps I could make it into an apparatus and make an infomercial and sell it for 19.95." And that's what they did. Okay, first of all, I never heard that. Tennis ball but wearing a tennis ball yeah. boxer tennis? short what? thing is really, that's uncomfortable. They sew a tennis ball into the back of your boxers so it prevents you from being able to Where sleep on your back. Where did you learn that from? Is it, e- is it extra fuzz? I learned it from Nightline in the year 1991. Oh, my God. <laughs> or something. Like, I see. It was on TV, and I well, it, and I never forgot it, even though I don't snore. I, maybe we should give it to Zimmy, one of our friends who, who snores. snores. And when he snores, it sounds like you're slowly slaughtering a hedgehog <laughs> for seven hours. But, but, but that's what I didn't get, because the guy, they show the picture. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. <laughs> I don't think it. Why does it sound like death metal? It's like I'm snoring, snoring, snoring. It is the most distressing sound in the history of man. He's a terrible snorer. It really is bad. But But you know what? A lot of snorers, though, they still kind of snore when they're on their side. Right. And here's the other problem. I'm sorry. I had never heard about that before. The way that they show it in the picture, the guy rolls over and is like, and then he like rolls back on his side. It's like, you can't let him sleep. It is the most ridiculous looking thing I've ever seen. Like, he's just like, you know. won't snore. It won't snore. Because you won't sleep. (laughs) (laughs) He'll never sleep again. Hurrah. Yeah. Yeah, here's my apparatus to stop snoring. It's a little leprechaun that pokes you in the head all night long. He's like, poke, poke, poke. That's right. Wake up. Well, hey, have you heard the research on that? That they're now saying that maybe eight straight hours of sleep is not the way humans were meant to sleep? That humans are what they call biphasic sleepers, where you sleep a little bit. Like, you sleep, say, four hours, and you're supposed to wake up in the middle sometime, and then go back to sleep, and then nap once during the day. do what? No, like, I mean, not not like get up and do anything, but the point is this, this mantra that you must have seven, eight hours of uninterrupted sleep is not necessarily true, and that, in fact, if you nap during the day, that's a good thing, to, like, take a cat nap during the day. Like, that's that's healthy for human beings. Huh. That's the new thing you're talking about. Interesting. Yeah, I thought so. I will start this right away. Biphasic sleeping. That's what it's called. And it even has a cool name, biphasic. <laughs> Having trouble snoring? Use the back snore. 
<laughs> Why do you sound like yeah, the dude really from Jabba horrible. the Put, Jabba the Hutt's uh, flying ship there? <laughs> I love that guy. That guy? Yeah. <laughs> He's so annoying. Everyone's favorite part of that movie when R two D two hits him with the purple lightning. Oh no, my eyes! Okay, my, my eyes. next question is. Yeah. Why is R2's purple lightning the same purple lightning that the Emperor has when he uses his force lightning? Because R2-D2 Does that mean that you is a Jedi droid, bitch. Like, didn't they, in, in the world of Star Wars, can you like go to a store and be like, I'd like a can of force lightning, please? <laughs> and then you buy it, and then you spray it at someone, and you have a little purple lightning bolt that hits them, and it's good for killing like rodents and small things. Because it's the same effect. Same lightning. You sure it's not blue lightning it's that he's using? It's purple lightning? No. It's the same animation. I mean, okay, it's possible that it's blue and the force lightning is purple. Yeah, right. Maybe that's just so it's, as so it's, it gets stronger, it's possible it goes like, that you're down wrong. the visual spectrum. And it doesn't age you, you know. Okay, it's yeah. possible that my entire contention <laughs> is totally unfounded. But when is that not possible? This is me we're talking about. Anyway, I stumbled across a great website this week, and you should visit it. It's called puppetgov.com. And... Uh, it's about nothing that you could immediately, obviously, envision that puppetgov.com is about, like how we live in one. Okay. And there, yes, there are a lot of like Ron Paul endorsements on it and stuff, and I kind of like Ron Paul. But the videos are amazing. They will really inspire you to do shit. Go outside and pick up a picket sign and start marching around about how everything sucks. After you watch this website, that's what will happen to you. That's good. That's what I need more stuff. of is to learn more about how things suck. I recommend that's, it. that's really... That's, that's going to really make Greg feel better. That makes you feel good about Because the global warming is going to create the next mini ice age. Yes, Clea's been big on this ever since we went to Norway and heard about this. The, the, the problem I have with it is that uh -huh. I agree with Story a little bit that this thing has been overhyped like, to the nth degree. And that I've read a lot of environmentalists now are basically thinking they've gone away from the hysterical, we're all going to die, which is basically what environmentalists did for about a 10-year period, where they were like, we're all going to die, we're all going to die. And the result of that is people are just like, well, fuck it, if we're all going to die, then I'm not going to do anything anymore. And so they've decided that what they really need to do is to get people <laughs> to think, you know, we could run into problems, but you can do stuff to fix it and here's some things you can do which is much safer than we're all going to die everyone panic and i honestly i now granted environmentalism is on the left i'm on the left too but i don't see much of a difference between the right wing giving me ridiculous fear over terrorism and unknown boogeyman that are going to come get me in the night and in ridiculous fear about global warming and how we're all going to die and you know everything's terrible like i really don't see the difference between one fear and the other except that it's one's coming from the left and one's coming from the right yeah we just need to learn how to stay warm you know in what? really extreme cold no i mean like i don't it's not you know that's what's going to have it. It's going to ha have a little mini ice age. It's not a particularly good motivating force either. It's not like effective. Scaring the crap out of people is not motivation. We're all going to die. I mean, now go out there and do like something. Average citizens, <laughs> are average citizens like going after terrorists? Do we really have people in Oklahoma being like, I'm going to get on the phone and tap them Afghanis and find out what the hell's going on? No. Nobody does anything. They're just scared. They stay in their homes. They don't do a goddamn thing. So this is not going to help the environmental movement to be like, you're all going to die, start building bomb shelters. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. I mean, it's well, like if the whole thing is to like, they, they yeah, want to I mean, shock the them out of their hopelessness, apathy. But... Hopelessness is not going to make you feel hope. Wow, that's really profound, Clea. Yeah, I think that's I, just a factual I think I statement, agree with actually. That. Yes. I think <laughs> I agree. Yes. Also, yes, can we say the inverse? Hope Very will good. not lead to hopelessness. Okay. Uh, no. 
I think the other one is definitely stronger. <laughs> you just like her better. I don't like the converse as much <laughs> as the original statement. No, it, I mean, it's, we could survive a mini ice age because that's what supposedly happened during... Isn't it just five degrees colder? A mini ice age is not even that big a deal, right? Well, it's but, like you have to put a jacket on. Well, like but it's serious. Like it's serious for things like crops and stuff like that. But that's what happened during the, the Dark French, Ages. Was don't it, mini ice age. It's like when all the stuff in your fridge gets slushy because your fridge setting's a little bit too uh-huh. cold, and it's not frozen, right. but it's all slushy because right. it's like partial. That's what it's like. Yes, yeah, so just it's get like it to that. get used to like having you know icy <laughs> milk. I can I can drink yeah, icy milk. It. You just have a little crunchy milk. Crunchy milk. That's okay. Yeah. It's more dessert-like. Totally. Everything will be more dessert-like. Yeah, like my, everything yeah. will be more dessert-like. It'll be like ice cream 24-7. No, like, as I understand it, the mini hey. ice age will simply cause us everything to be this a little colder. tastes like a smoothie. Yeah, there you go. That's all. Yay. That's all it is. It's just, I think that's... Delicious. Yeah, delicious. It's yeah. good. Things won't smell, because smell permeates through heat, right. and so the freezing stuff will stop things from smelling bad. Right. Everything will be delightful and frozen. Plus you'll and sweat less. There won't be any pollution because it'll be all under the snow. We won't be able to see any of the crap that we drop around. Right. It'll be beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing prettier than New York Winter City uh, with a nice snow cover. That's true. That's right. All the time. And there's nothing uglier than a garbage dump in the summer. Right. Which is what we should try to avoid. Right. Yes. No, I complete With hopelessness <laughs> or something. And you know what I've learned about hopelessness? Is that um, it doesn't contribute to hope. Somehow leads to the end of the show. Okay, I thought you're like and ho- and hope. No, 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 no. And with that about hope. And end the now show. that I've depressed you all, yes, that's true. No, really, there is no. I hope. think that's a, have no. Hope. Like I think that's what we do is that you know when we're talking about things on the MEP report, I think our whole attitude is, you know, it's not like laugh so you don't cry. It's laugh because to a degree we really are not. I mean, we screw things up all the time. There's a limit to how much we can screw up competently also. Like, there's only so much that we can screw up on, honestly. Like, we're not even that good at destroying ourselves. We've, we would have done who's, it many more times before this. Who's the we again? Oh, we being the 15... 15- oh, I see. You mean as a As, as a, a species, culture, as, a, as a planet. Yeah, right. You're saying we're not competent enough to destroy ourselves. I'm not saying, saying it couldn't happen, but I think the people who claim that it's that it's a given are just as wrong as the people who claim it's a given that we won't have that happen. Because I think we're a lot worse at, like, figuring out how to collectively to destroy ourselves. We're just as bad at that, I should say, as we are at figuring out to collectively save ourselves. It's not inevitable well, either way. We do a lot of work on it, though. Well, yeah. but it's we always individual. We have a lot of people you know? behind that idea. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> yes. It's because we don't have enough people listening to the MEP report, dude. There's people that's working on it every day, yeah. you know, coming in on working Saturdays. Hard. They They're like, They're working hard. Working on Saturdays. Everything. Ordering in. <sighs> I know. Another late night. Okay, what if we get a giant Slurpee machine and we put the whole world in it and turn it into a Slurpee? Will that end everything? <laughs> no, because then you'll have a Slurpee. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Some guy. Like, they're actually having this conversation. everything and make it into a Slurpee, though. Yes. So that would make it easier since every all the bits would be the same. There would be all pieces of Slurpee. It would be easier to destroy it then once it were all Slurpee. Yes, yes, you're right. We'll change the whole world into Slurpee and then destroy that stuff. Okay, good plan. So, we, well, first we have to build Monday. a giant 7-Eleven. Okay, that'll take a while. <laughs> right now. Okay. Has to be bigger than the Earth. <laughs> the Earth has to be relative to the size of the 7-Eleven, such that Slurpee filler is relative to the size of so the So, like, the International machine. Space okay. Station is, like, the first step in that guard. Like, if we could finish this, that's, like, the opening, that's, like, the cornerstone, you know, of the whole thing. 
Welcome to 7-Eleven Tron, an intergalactic effort to build a space station larger than Earth and make it into a Slurpee. A collection of species and races from across the galaxy are behind this project. If you'd like a big bite, it's only $2 at the, the local counter. But I hope... And they won't be able to activate the 7-Eleven until the hot dog that's on the hot dog heating spinner has been there for 7 billion years. Right. Yeah, it has to be there, like, for an entire duration. Dude, this is actually forever. making me feel very comfortable. It's a real 7 -11. I like to think that they're, that the people who want to destroy the world really are sitting around in these committees, <laughs> and this is what they're thinking about. And they hey. seriously have come up with nothing <laughs> for a long time. As we portray them to be. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll wait for the sun to go nova, and then it'll blow up everything. That's brilliant. Okay, so really what we have to do is make four and a half billion years quicker. Yes, because it's good. Four and a half billion without us. With us, if we really hope for it, maybe the sun will reach out in Nova a little faster. <laughs> yes, let's do that. That's awesome. Okay. So is the Slurpee idea out then? No, no, you work on the Slurpee yeah. idea. We're going to try to make we the Nova We can multitask at the same time. Okay. How many people are on this committee, do you think, yeah. in, in, our in our vision, which is clearly true? How many people will be on this committee? Um, about four. Four people. Four? <laughs> And they'd be the the last people that you would expect. One guy's like an accountant from Wisconsin with three kids and like a cow. Right. And nobody ever bothers and a him. a cow. But he just really wants to make something happen. He wants to achieve something right. in his life. And it happens to be turning the world into a slurp. Okay. And nobody knows why. I want to have a cow because then you can have like, like milk Bono. at all times. We should have a cow. What do you have to feed? Can we feed yeah, cows like cow. just like some scraps around the house? I think the cow is on the committee. <laughs> Cows have a vested interest in killing humanity. They are pissed. They do not want to. I, I hate anymore. to point this out, but the Slurpee like, bottle also God. destroys cows. Yes, but at least it destroys humans with cows. Do you, don't you think cows would rather accept a world in which there were no humans or cows rather than just a world where cows are no, cows? No, no, I don't actually. Today's modern world. No, I don't. They, do you think they would commit Why, mass suicide? India? Is India the only? Well, these other the four. Only counter wait, to a minute, my wait, 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 wait. These other that, like Indian cows are happy. These other three people are. Thinking of suicide as well. Why wouldn't the, the, the fourth member, the cow, be equally as cool with contemplating suicide? What, they think there are these four people are going to survive the destruction of the Earth? <laughs> right. Well, Not cows. Never cows. <laughs> cows would never say such a thing, Russ. That is insulting to me and my concept of cows. Well, no. You said that they, like, they were really no pissed cow. at humans. You said they were really Russ, pissed at humans. No Ever. cow would go along with yeah. such a scheme. <laughs> No cow would be If I know anything, if I know anything, noble creature, sacrifice themselves for our food and sustenance. They would never ever come up with such an evil scheme. But what about a bull? Oh, a bull! Maybe a bull would do it. Not a cow, perhaps a bull. A bull disguised as a cow. Speaking of bull, I have to say this. I'm thinking about writing a joke about this because I, I have to say this is the weirdest thing. Are you familiar? You're familiar with the bull statue, right, Russ? No. Okay. You mean the one from the Bible, no. the golden no. calf? The in, the wa in Wall Street, in the Wall Street statue. area in Lower Manhattan, oh, there's yeah. a huge iron yeah, yeah, bull statue, and mm -hmm. it, of course, is a great photo op. You know, you could go up and take a mm -hmm. picture of you taking New York by the horns. But every time I pass, there are people taking, want to have their picture taken with their head up the bull's ass. Um. <laughs> 
And I'm just like... This symbolizes running up a good stock market <laughs> run. It's I'm, like, when you are riding the bull is and you're fully invested, you are so up the bull's ass <laughs> that you're like, run, bull, run, uh, take me to prosperity just, as I ride from inside your ass. I've never felt so disconnected from my fellow man, deck. you know, that when I see these people going... Putting their, they're like, God, take my picture, take my picture with my head up its ass. Like, why would you, what? Or grabbing the, the bull's balls. I'm like, what? Why? That's how you want people to see you? These are the people. I can molest the statue. <laughs> we'll end up on a committee. Hey. Yeah, exactly. Are these people on the committee, Greg? They're on the committee. Well, they know that. That's the statue of that one bull who's conspiring to turn the world into a Slurpee. Right. And they know it, so they like to talk. I see, it. okay. Like, I got your tentacles, bull. <laughs> who's your Slurpee now? Guess you got a set of big Who brass ones, don't you? Ha, 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 this plan. <laughs> That's right. Let's see you try to scheme ending the world when my head is up your ass. That's kind of distracting, isn't it, bull? Yes, it is. You know, Russ, I think you're going to work out real well with Boing Boing. I can see it right they now. They love it. I'm just going to send them this show. I'm not even going to come to work. I'm just going to leave a little tape recorder with Mep Report 94 and be like, this is what I bring to your staff. And that you just work off of this. I'll be back when you've absorbed it for a few Next days. Next thing you get is this message Goodbye. on Russ's voicemail. Yeah. Uh, it's like office space. Yeah. Uh, FYI, we won't be needing you uh, coming back anytime soon. Uh, thanks for your help. And and so stapler. your meteoric rise and fall from power will have accomplished all of the weekend stapler. Uh, please return my stapler. <laughs> stapler. It was a red stapler, and I said that if you took my stapler, I would not be returning to work next week. And they moved me three times, <laughs> and there's too much salt in the margaritas, and I, I will put strychnine in the guacamole. <laughs> I, I will. And with the register a complaint. With the dulcet tones of office space <laughs> echoing in our ears, the time oh. has come. Ladies and gents, boys and girls. This is not what I ordered. <laughs> and I will burn this office house down. <laughs> Another episode. Like, they moved my desk three times. I've had problems with my paycheck. I did not receive a paycheck for the last three weeks. I, I spoke to accounting. They said that I should go to Human Resources. <laughs> Let us know if you, uh, if you agree with what you've heard. <laughs> tell us about the committee. Tell us what yeah, we need to know, figure out what the other like two it. people are on the committee. Yeah. We know it's a cow. Let us know the other two. If One is Bono. Bono? Is Bono? Right. This is all just a scam he's, of... Yeah, he's trying to fool us uh, by winning every humanitarian award right. possible, but he's actually trying to turn the world into a story. Okay, so we got the accountant, the Bono, spy. a cow. Who's the fourth one? The Hamburglar, because it's a strange, strange thing. And it's like it's like the against the cow. It was probably the Kentucky. It was the Kentucky Fried Chicken guy, wasn't it? Oh, Colonel wasn't Sanders. He part of uh, Colonel Sanders. That could fit. Yeah. Colonel Sanders. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, he was from Austin Powers, like Minions of Evil, or That'll whatever. Work. Right? No, no, no. It was um, so I married guy. an ex-murderer. Oh. With his wee beady oh. eyes. Yes, you're gonna eat my chicken. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, you guys. That was my bad <laughs> impression of. Her <laughs> wee beady eyes. <laughs> That's right. We said wee. I knew it. They traded me <laughs> to Kentucky Fried Chicken for what? Some fermented chicken beer. Oh. I don't even know what it what? is. Spread <laughs> the word. Please let everyone know what about it. Thanks oh, for sorry. listening. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs> Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. My stapler. <laughs> I, I like my stapler. It was it was a shiny stapler, and I wish to register a complaint. And also, I will rape your family if you do not return my stapler. Please, to return. Oh. 
preceding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron. Or at least not the stupid one of the cars. Please support the MEP Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for MEP link on the MEP Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at MEPReport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu glands. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. Tomorrow's just another day away.